So a couple months back, Kelly was preaching on Ephesians 1, and he was sharing with us how Christ has given us every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms, and that he's given this as a foundation for our lives and a foundation for our church. Now, it's a foundation. It's not something he wants to just stop at. It's something that he wants us to build on. He doesn't want us to stay the same. He wants us to grow in our lives. He wants our church to grow. He went on to mention how Christ and God have given us his incomparably great power to make this stuff happen. I don't know how you guys react, but I know for myself, when I hear stuff like this preached, it gets me excited. And then all of a sudden, I start focusing on the smaller things in life. I hear how Christ has given us every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. He's given it to us as a foundation for our lives. My mind starts to wander about what I imagine this would look like for our church. I start to think of, in my point of view, if God has given us all these blessings, that must mean our church has got these wonderful things ahead of us. And then I start looking around. I see some of the challenges we face. I see that, you know, our attendance is staying around the same, maybe dropping a little bit, and we're not growing. And I start to get discouraged. It seems like it's easier for me to focus on the negative things in life than it is to focus on the good things sometimes. I don't know if many of you use the site TripAdvisor, um, but for those of you that haven't, TripAdvisor is a website out there where it gives people the opportunity to go and rate hotels that they've stayed at, write up reviews on them. Then you, if you're going to one of these cities, you can go and look at how all these hotels are rated. You can read other people's reviews. A couple times that I've used this, it uh, doesn't seem to make a difference. I'll pick a hotel. I'll read 10 great reviews about this hotel, and then I'll read one negative one. It could even be ranked number one or two in that city. But because of that one negative review that I've read about that hotel, I don't see all the other wonderful things there. I focus on that negative one. It seems like it's, as a human, we seem to sweat the small stuff a little bit. There was a book written a couple years ago called exactly that. Don't sweat the small stuff. And I think it became such a bestseller because we tend to sweat the small stuff by nature. In preparing for this class, or this lesson, um, I came across a story that I've read many times, but uh, God brought something new out of it for me. It's a story of the Israelites after they've been freed from Egypt. So God has just freed them for four, from 430 years of slavery. He's shown his power to the Israelites in the ten plagues. There's a pillar of cloud leading them by day, a pillar of fire leading them by night. He's bringing them to the promised land. I can just imagine how the Israelites must feel at this moment. They must be so excited. They've been freed from slavery. God's leading them to the promised land. I imagine going through their heads right now, they're probably thinking, we are so blessed right now. God is doing such amazing things for us right now, and it can only get better. But if you turn with me to Exodus 14, 1 through 4, we read, Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell the Israelites to turn back and encamp near Pi-Harahoth, between Migdal and the sea. There they are to encamp by the sea, directly opposite Baal-Zephon. Pharaoh will think, the Israelites are wandering around in the land in confusion, hemmed in by the desert, and I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he will pursue them. But I will gain glory for myself through Pharaoh and all of his army. And the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. So the Israelites did this. So again, God's taken them out of Egypt, Not only has he freed them from that, but he's shown his power in such a great way in defeating the Egyptians that as they were leaving, they were even able to ask the Egyptians for clothes, for articles of silver and gold. And the Egyptians had seen God's power and were like, yes, leave, take everything, just just go, just get away from us. So they're heading out 
Everything's wonderful. They've still got God showing them. They can still look up if it's the daytime and see this pillar of cloud. At night, they can still see this pillar of fire. They know God's promises that he's leading them off to the promised land. But what happens? God tells them to turn back. He tells them to turn around and head back towards the Egyptians. Not only that, he does it in such a way that it'll make the Egyptians think that they're kind of confused, kind of wandering around. He does it also in such a way and tells them to stop in a spot that they're hemmed in by the desert and they're hemmed in by the sea, further encouraging Pharaoh to come out and attack them, which is, of course, what happens. Now, at this time, do the Israelites say, that's okay, God's already beat them once. Do they look at this pillar of fire? Do they see the wonderful power that God has already poured out through them? No, they start complaining. They start complaining to Moses and complaining to God. Why did you bring us out to the desert to die? Was there not enough graves in Egypt for us? And what is their response to them? Moses answered the people, Do not be afraid. Stand firm, and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you'll never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Sometimes I think God likes to do the impossible. When we think things things aren't going very well, I think that's sometimes when God likes to bless us. He likes to bring us down, in order that it brings him up. Unfortunately for myself and for humans, again, we get back into that trap of focusing on the negative things. I know from the past jobs that I've worked at, they're not that bad of a job. There's things to complain about, but all it takes is one person to get the ball rolling. They start complaining about something. Complain about something else. Complain about something else. All of a sudden, I'm complaining about something. Then my coworker's complaining about something. All of a sudden, this is the worst job in the world. It really isn't, but we're not seeing the good things about our job anymore. All we're looking at is the negative things, so the negative things is all that we're focusing on. It's kind of funny how that just seems to be just the natural way that things work for us sometimes. So does this ever happen to you guys? Do you ever get discouraged? Do you ever look around our church and see some of the challenges that we face? And do you ever wonder if God is at work right now in this church? Do you ever get distracted from the big picture and start focusing on the little things? I think when this happens... It's time that we have to just stop. We need to be still, and we need to stand firm. We need to see what God is doing. We need to shift our focus and not pay attention to the challenges that we might be facing. But we need to look at how God is working, how God is blessing us and blessing others through us. We need to be still and look at how God is working through every situation that we're in at that time. I think sometimes uh, how we imagine success, how we imagine blessings from God is a lot different than how God imagines those things. Sometimes our plans aren't always God's plans. We look around, we see the Egyptians coming. God looks around, and he sees an opportunity to glorify himself. He sees an opportunity to make the Egyptians know that he is the Lord. Isaiah 55, 8-9 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Hopefully this morning... I can lead us in a way that we can stop focusing on the negative things if that's sometimes what you do. Hopefully we can change our focus and we can focus at God, God alive and at work in this church. Keith Green is a Christian singer from many years back now, and in one of his songs, one of his lyrics goes, Lord, it's so hard to see when my eyes are on me. Hopefully this morning we can take our eyes off ourselves We can look around and we can see how God is using this church, how God is actively right now blessing this church and blessing others around us. 
So when I see things like a major shortfall in the budget that we're facing right now, how is it that I'm able to see past that? How do I know that God is actually blessing us at this time, even though we're facing some challenges? John 13, 12-17 says, When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you, he asked them? You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. I tell you the truth, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you will do them. This is at the end of God's time here on earth. I don't think he's just saying to them, if you wash other people's feet, you'll be blessed. This is almost like one of his last chances, one of his last classes with his disciples that he's been teaching for these past three years. He's trying to cram it all in. He's trying to get that stuff in that he needs to finish off before he goes on. So I think what he's saying is if you do these things, if you look back to these past three years that I've spent with you every day, if you do the things that I was doing, if you follow the lessons and the teachings that I've given you, if you follow my Father's command, you will be blessed. So what were these commands that he's given us? Matthew 22, 34-40. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment, and the second one is like it. Love your neighbors as yourselves. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Now, Jesus gave many teachings, but he says right at the end here, every one of his teachings, all of his commands hang on these two things. Love God and love others. So are we blessed? I think the real question is, are we doing these things? Are we loving the Lord our God with all of our hearts, with all of our minds, with all of our souls? And are we loving others as ourselves? A couple months back, the elders got together as Peter alluded to earlier, they listed off all the different ministries going on in this church right now. All the different ways that we're ministering to other people, either in this church, in this city, around the world, and they came up with around 80 different things. I don't know what the average attendance here is. I think it's around 240, 250, maybe a little higher. But amongst those pe- that amount of people, there's 80 different ministries, 80 different ways that God is using us to bless others around us. On top of these official things through our church, I know many of you are involved in other wonderful things, through different organizations, reaching out to others. To me, that's truly inspiring. So when I look at challenges around, do I believe that we are being blessed? I certainly believe that God is using us to reach others. I believe that we are loving him with our hearts, our souls, and our minds. I believe that we are loving others as ourselves. This morning, I'd like to focus on a few of these things. Draw your attention to a few of the ways that God is working in this church to bless us and to bless others. When Kelly and I were discussing uh, what to talk about this morning, uh, he mentioned how God blesses his church and specifically how he's blessing this one. We got talking about examples and up came the clothing exchange. It was happening a couple days from then. I mentioned that I'd never actually been down to the clothing exchange. I donated clothes, dropped them off at the church, but I'd never gone down to help out. So he said, why don't you come on down and check it out? So I took him up on the offer. Um, I got here at about 10 to 9. It officially started at 9 o'clock. And already 10 minutes before that time, there was 30 to 40 people in this church going through clothes that you have donated. They needed those clothes for different situations that they were in, and we were giving them a hand. We were giving them a help up. Psalms 41.1. Blessed is he that considereth the poor. 
the Lord will deliver him in times of trouble. Acts 20.35 In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. Now you might be like me if all you've done is drop off clothes. I felt disconnected from the blessing that was taking place. I just brought my clothes to church, dropped them off in the thing, went on my merry way. Knew that they were being used, but it never really made the connection. But trust me, since I came down here, since I helped out that morning, um, I was truly encouraged. You need to know that those clothes really are helping people in need. We're really giving them a hand up on the situations that they're in. God's really using the stuff that we're doing to reach others. The Christmas wish list project is another thing that goes on through this church. Every year around Christmas time, we have volunteers that go down to the shelter. They take the time to sit down with people, hear a little bit of their story, take down their information, and find out one or two items that might bless these people, that might help either encourage them in their day-to-day lives, that might help them get a job, that might just give them the opportunity to do a hobby or passion of theirs, something that they couldn't normally get themselves. They take this information, we post it up on a website where others can go and read about it. If you feel so inclined, you can commit to actually buying this gift for this individual, giving them a helping hand, something so that at Christmas time they're able to open a gift they otherwise never would have received. They're able to see God's love in, the way, in a practical way of people reaching out, caring about them, caring about their stories, and loving them. Larry and Joanne do a ton with NeighborLink. We provide food to those that need it. Peter was mentioning to me how almost every single day we have people wander into this church trying to stay warm. Pardon me? Randy. Randy's one of them. They come in. Not only do we give them a place to be warm, we give them food if they need it. And on top of that, we give them conversation. We give them a sense that people care about them, that people are willing to listen to their stories. In a city of a million people where most people just walk by them, we give them an opportunity to come in and be loved. Mark 10, 13 through 16. People were bringing little children to Jesus to have him touch them. But the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. He took the children in his arms, he put his hands on them, and he blessed them. If you look back to Jesus' time on earth, he had a lot of demands on his time. You read many times where he went to someone's house in a city or in a town, and the entire town gathered around that house because they knew he was there. People had heard stories about Jesus. They wanted to be around him. Who is this Jesus I keep hearing about? They wanted to hear his teachings. They wanted to be healed. They wanted to see miracles that he was doing. They wanted to check him out for himself. But amongst all these different demands on his time, Jesus took time out of it to spend time with the children. He saw the value in kids. He saw that God's kingdom belongs to such as these. Not only did he just take time out, the disciples were actually turning them away at this time, and Jesus stood up and he stopped them. He rebuked them and said, what are you doing? My kingdom belongs to such as these. He brought them in. He showed the value of the children, and he blessed them. Every Sunday morning, well, almost every Sunday morning, there's people that spend the time reaching out to our kids. In fact, it's going on right now. There's people down in the church spending time teaching about our kids about the love God has for them. They take time out of their week. They prepare classes. They prepare lessons, activities, stories, crafts. They come up with different ways that they can reach out to these kids and show them God's love. 
It's not just Sunday mornings we do this. Each year we put on a VBS program. This isn't something that just comes in a box. We pop in a CD and say, go ahead, kids, sing your songs. It takes a lot of time and effort for the people to actually put this stuff together. There's people in this congregation that take holidays. They take time off their work in order to be part of this. And why do they do this? Why do they put all this energy and effort in? They see that God saw the value in little children, and they have a love for those kids, and they want to bless them as Jesus blessed them. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority on heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them into the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. The Great Commission. This commission is given to God after the res- by God after the resurrection. He tells his disciples, Go to a certain spot in Galilee and I will meet you. This is the last command he gives them before he ascends up to heaven to sit at the right hand hand of God. Go, make disciples of all nations. In the time that I've spent at this church, one of the things that has truly amazed me is the heart that God has given this church for the mission field. Missions isn't something we just talk about in this church. It's not just something that's part of what we do. Missions is truly being acted out in this church. We not only raise funds, we encourage people and we send people out to reach out to the lost. This morning, I'd like to touch on just a few of the many different missions that are going on and just show you how we are reaching out to the lost. Zambia. We support a couple students and a couple teachers to be able to go to school and teach kids out there, otherwise wouldn't be educated. We've raised funds to build a school out there, and we actually even sent two people to go out and help them build that school. We've already heard from Judy this morning about how we collect baby bundles. We're giving people an opportunity that... Um, they otherwise wouldn't have to have receiving blankets, to have diapers, to have things for their kids. We're taking from what we have and giving to them. We have another couple of people that collect medical supplies and school supplies every year, and they send those off to Zambia. In the time that I've been here, we've sent at least five different people on short-term missions out to Zambia. Through this church, many people have been blessed in the country of Zambia. The people that have gone have been blessed. Our church has been blessed through the work that we've done, and many people have come to know the Lord through us. Papua New Guinea. For almost 10 years, we supported Jason and Cheryl Moriarty in the work that they were doing out in Papua New Guinea. They worked with the locals. They planted a church. They brought God's word to a remote area that otherwise didn't have it. They worked very hard in order to make that church self-sustaining, both financially and raising up locals to lead that church and to be the leaders in that country. We've sent a couple people out there because we saw the value of what they were doing and we wanted to encourage them in the work that they were doing and show that we supported them. Ukraine. We support J. Don and Mary Lee Rogers in the work that they do in the Bible school out in Ukraine. They've set a Bible school in order to teach people about Christ, to teach these people to be local leaders in their community, in their local churches, and to reach their countries for God. Not only the Bible school we support, but we also work with them in teaming up with them to help out orphanages. We raise money to buy medical supplies and medical equipment that otherwise they couldn't have. We collect supplies each year and send that out to them. Clothing, blankets, different things that are harder to come by out there. Let's start talking. We've heard about this um, especially a lot lately as it's coming up. But this summer, the Roberts are leading a group of young people out on a Let's Start start Talking mission. They're going to be heading to the country of Estonia. They're going to be taking time off of their summer. They've already put the effort in to raise funds to do this. 
And they're going to be reaching people they've never met before. They're going to be going to a country foreign to them. They're going to be encouraging a local church. And they're going to be blessing others and teaching them about the love that God has for them. As I read earlier, Jesus states that we will be blessed if we do these things. If we do the things he has shown us and taught us. If we love God and we love others. Reaching out to those in need. Blessing the children and reaching out to the lost. I know we face some challenges this morning. We're in challenging times, not only in this church, but in the economy and different things that are going on out there. But isn't it wonderful to know that amongst all of these different things that we face, God is actively working in this church and through this church, not only to bless us, but to bless others around us. Many of you have heard the stories of the big rocks. Um, It's just a story that kept popping into my head uh, as I prepared this lesson. There's a college professor, and he stands in front of his class. He pulls out a wide mouth jar and he puts it on the counter. He starts taking out these big rocks, these fist-sized rocks, and he starts putting them in the jar until it's filled right up to the top. He looks out at his class and he says, is the jar full? Someone stands up and says, yes, sir, that jar is full. He kind of smiles a little bit, reaches under the counter, pulls out a container of gravel, starts slowly pouring the gravel in and watching as it starts filling in the holes between the big rocks. Again, he looks out at the class and says, now is the jar full? class knowing they're being set up for something. Nobody says anything. So he smiles a little bit, reaches under again, and pulls out sand. Starts filling in the sand until it looks like there's nothing else that could fit in that jar. He again asks the same question. Is it full? Everyone kind of thinks it is, but nobody wants to be the guy that stands up and says it this time. They're still a little bit not trusting him in this situation. So someone anonymously yells out, yeah, it's full. So he smiles again, reaches under, and pulls out a pitcher of water. Slowly starts filling up that jar with water until now it's finally filled to the top. Take care of the big rocks first, and everything else will take care of itself. However, if you don't focus on the big rocks first, if you start paying attention to the little things, you'll never be able to deal with the big rocks. They'll never fit in. I truly believe that God is blessing our church right now. I believe that we as a church are taking care of the big rocks. We are loving the Lord our God. We are loving others as we love ourselves. If we continue to do this, The rest will just take care of itself. I hope this morning I was able to show you God alive and working in this church. Not only blessing our church, but blessing those around us. Encouraging us and encouraging others. If you struggle with feeling that blessing that God is pouring out right now, I challenge you to step out. Step out in faith. Get involved in one of these ministries that's going on. Go talk to the elders about the 80 different things we have going on. I guarantee you there's an opportunity for you in that place. If you don't want to get involved fully yet, go talk to one of the members of the LST team going to Estonia. Share in the passion they have right now. Hear about how God is already blessing them before they've even gone and participate with them in hearing their story and following up with them on the blessings that he does through them. Talk to Larry and Joanne Luck about the different benevolence ministries that are going on and how we're reaching out to those that otherwise wouldn't be helped. Talk to the people involved in these ministries. See how God is doing miracles in this church every single day. Back in March, Kelly reminded us that there's a calling for this church in this community. God didn't put this church in this community by accident. He had a purpose, and he put it here. God didn't bring you to this church by accident. God has a purpose and a plan for your lives if you're willing to trust him and step out and be used by him. Hopefully this morning, some of us can step forward and continue to be doing the work that God is doing and be used by God for his purposes. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this wonderful day you've given us.
Thank you for the um, time that we've had together this morning. God, thank you for uh, continuing to work through this church. We thank you that your plans are not our plans, Lord. We thank you that you have a bigger vision than we do. Help us to take our eyes off ourselves, to be still, to stand firm, to look at the work that you are doing, to be encouraged by you and to be willing to step out and be used by you, God. We just pray that everybody would have a wonderful day um, in being blessed by the fact and encourage the mothers that are out there, Lord. Give us safety as we travel today and just help us to, in all things in life, try not to focus on the small things, but to shift our focus and look beyond them at the bigger plans that you have for us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.